welcome to episode 15 of the Canada Club. I'm your host, Canada. This is going to be the only show I do this week, so I want to say thank you to everyone who contributes to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I truly appreciate it. It's been a lot of sleepless nights, I won't lie. Last night, Killian decided at 2 o'clock in the morning to just start screaming like a banshee. So I'm a couple cups of coffee in. On this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I want to talk about one thing. How do you market a game against Godzilla? How do you take a game like Godzilla, designed by Keith Elwin, with Zombietti artwork, and some incredible code, theme integration, music, callouts, it's colorful, it's campy, it's got personality, it's probably the best shooting stern pinball machine I've ever shot, it's going to have so many amazing toys on the LE and the premium. How do you launch a game against that? How do you sell your product when someone jumps on a Godzilla and then they jump on your game and the price points are very similar? How do you entice them to buy your machine? And I'm thinking about this as I think about games like Halloween. I think about games like Legends of Valhalla that's going to come out this week. I even think about this as I think about Cactus Canyon Remake. We're at the point now. We're at the point now where we are on the edge of glory of some of the greatest pinball machines. And I feel like pinball now is at a point where every year we get a great game. And every year a new game comes to market that raises the bar, that does something unique, that really wins us over. And do you really need more than one new pinball machine a year? I mean that when I say that. Think about it. Do you really need more than one new pinball machine a year? When a machine comes out, it takes you a while to learn the machine, to explore it, to explore the code, to figure out like all the different elements of that pinball machine. And every time you wake up and you want to play a pinball game, do you really need 30 to choose from or 10 to choose from? No. And every new game will hold your attention for a long time. A great new game. And I mean this when I say this. A great new pinball machine will hold your attention for a few thousand plays. And it should take you about a year to put a few thousand plays on a pinball machine if you're living your adult life like a normal adult who actually does other things, that actually takes time out of their day to not just play pinball. And so it's always confusing to me in a world in which one great new pinball machine comes out a year, and we're not always sure where it's going to come from. It might be Jersey Jack's Guns N' Roses. It might be Keith Elwin's Godzilla. It might be Dennis Norman's Elvira. But every year, there's usually that machine, right? It's that machine that just checks enough of the boxes And that is the machine, if you love pinball, that you need to own. And I'm telling you, Godzilla is that machine. And it is the best shooting Stern machine I've played in a long time. And it really is a machine in which after I played it and after I looked it over and I was talking to John at Jack Bar and we asked ourselves, is there anything in this game we would change? It shoots beautiful. There's incredible flow. There are so many shots in the game and no clunkiness. It's got more stuff to shoot at up, down, left, right than most wide body games. The theme integration is one of Stern's best ever. It reminds me of Batman 66 in which if you love Godzilla, there's so much coming at you. And even if you don't love Godzilla, there's so much fun stuff coming at you from the callouts 
to the music, to the clips, to the campy elements of the game, I am here to tell you right now that this machine, and it's not even finished yet, it is almost, I think, one of Stern's most perfect and best theme integrated games of all time. It left me so satisfied after playing Godzilla where I really didn't have anything bad to say. I also felt like anyone who enjoys pinball needs to own this machine and that anyone who likes pinball is definitely gonna want this machine. And then I walked over and I played Mandalorian afterwards and it was like a snooze fest in comparison. Like not nearly as interesting, not nearly as exciting as Godzilla. And then I walked over to Halloween and this was really the most interesting moment when I asked John, I said, look, Halloween, $9,000, Godzilla Pro, 6,600 bucks. What are your thoughts on these two machines? And he said something that was just very straight to the point, that Godzilla exposes how bad so many other machines are. And other machines really are lacking in so many areas Godzilla does right. And you might not notice them right away. You might unbox your Halloween machine and start playing and then say, hey, like this is great, I'm having fun, right? That's always what people do, right? They justify their purchase, they jump on the machine they just bought, and they just claim they're having fun because every single pinball machine is fun. And I mean it when I say this, if all you do is say that I had fun, I played pinball, that is the most boring discussion you could possibly have. I think you need to say that all pinball is fun, but that's not the questions we should be asking. Is this pinball machine great? Is it doing something magical? Is it creating moments that are gonna wow you? Is the playfield design incredible and unique? Is the theme brought to life in a way that you wouldn't change anything? Those are the real questions you wanna ask, not just are you having fun? Of course people are having fun. What's not fun in life is your boss asking you to do stuff. Is your wife or your husband nagging you about something? Is your kids kicking you between the leg when they're trying to play with you? Is your car getting scratched or dented? Those are things that are not fun. But when you have free time and you play a toy, you're gonna have fun. Fun cannot be the only barometer by which we measure how great a pinball machine is and if it's worth it. And I'm gonna be pretty short and to the point because I've been talking about this earlier. I think Spooky Pinball is a great company. I think they have great goodwill, but I think they cut too many corners and I think it's starting to show. And I think they cut the corners when it came to like the play fields. I think just reskinning Ultraman as Halloween and the inserts aren't really working. It's not just the multi-bot insert. There's also other inserts in the game that just don't work right. They got lazy. They needed to make separate cutout play fields for Ultraman and Halloween, and they're gonna have to go do it. But that was a corner they tried to cut. And the other thing that's really starting to hurt Spooky, and I'm not sure if it's a corner they're cutting or just a lack of resources or talent right now, is the code and software department of this company. It's not where it needs to be at the price point. And they know this, like they know this. When you jump on a Halloween, the sound levels in the game as you're playing it are all over the place. And that is really weird, right? So nobody who's coding this game and inserting the music into this game understands what an equalizer is, understands that you can't have like a sanitarium mode blow the ceiling off your house while the other modes are quiet. And it's just stuff like that. You know, there's also moments in Halloween where there's a call out and then all of a sudden the music crashes into the game and you can't hear the second half of the call out. 
And all of that stuff just goes to show that the people doing the coding and the sounding and, and the engineering on these games just have a lot to learn. But at $9,000, I don't want a game in which they're figuring out how to do it. I don't want that anymore. For this much money, everything should come out of the box being stellar. And I know that that's not where we're at. We're still making tons of apologies for companies out there. We are. You know, and the more and more I talk to people, the more and more I talk to the fans of the show and people out there, you hear a similar thing over and over and over again is that the only company that really makes the majority of people feel good when they buy their products is Stern. I mean, everyone else has the most compromises. They really do. When you think about it, everyone else has the biggest compromises when you buy their games. I'm not even going to talk about CGC because CGC, if you want to be part of this conversation, you actually have to release products. I don't care if you take three years to perfect a game because in my mind, that's kind of sad. You're remaking games that have already been out. Stern is making three to four new games every year, brand new games. They're not remaking old games. They're not recycling old ideas. They're making brand new games. So it is so much easier to do what CGC is doing, which is just polish an old game. And so sorry, CGC. I know you make great products, but you are nowhere near. You are nowhere near this conversation in terms of who's making the best modern pinball machines and who's delivering the most satisfaction for people in the pinball world. It is stern, above and beyond, leagues above everybody else. Nobody is even in the same conversation if you were to ask which pinball company consistently makes pinball people happy makes tournament players happy, makes collectors happy, makes everyone who loves pinball on an annual basis, it makes them happy. It's stern. You know, I wish I could say Jersey Jack Pinball makes people happy because look at what they've done this last year. I mean, this year by JJP will be defined by their customer service. I once again spend about a few hours a week on Pinside reading every single thread for every single manufacturer. And you go into every single Jersey Jack thread, whether it's Guns N' Roses, whether it's a Playfield thread, and every single thing, about 80% of the conversation that happens around owning a Jersey Jack machine is a quality control issue. 80%. Go read all the threads. It's always someone talking about how they're troubleshooting their game or how their play field is falling apart or how their rubbers are splitting after one week of play or how their spotlights are starting to break. What servos do I need to buy to fix this problem in the game? And the sad part is after a year of all of these customer complaints, Jersey Jack Pinball remains quiet on all of these issues. They have not come out and actually said anything about any of these issues. They're not mailing their customers new rubbers even though they split after a week. They're not sending you out new spotlights. They're not sending you out servers. They're not sending you out new play fields. You really buy a game from Jersey Jack Pinball and you have to eat it if you have any issues with the game. And that's really been the story of JJP over the last year. And it sucks because I know they put so much into their games. And it sucks because I know they're passionate about pinball. But there's no way around it. If you want a headache and you have to choose between Jersey Jack and Stern, the headache's going to come from Jersey Jack pinball. 
You know, when I was looking over Godzilla, the second thing I did, because this machine has been beat on for like a week, I looked at the play field and it looks great. No pooling, no this, no that. The play field looks great. And that's how it should be. You shouldn't look down at your brand new machine and see your play field starting to pool and chip where all the posts are at. And so Stern Pinball just making people happy. You know, so who else is even out there, right? Who else is out there that's giving pinball people what they want? Let's take American Pinball. They are going to release Legends of Valhalla most likely this week. They are going to drop it off somewhere for people to play it. You're going to see this. They're going to drop it off out in the world. And then they're going to say American Pinball's new game, Legends of Valhalla. And you're going to be able to play the world's smallest violin on your two fingers as their celebration for this game coming to market. And I don't know how they landed here, right? How is this going to make people happy? Who wakes up and says, for me to be happy in pinball with all of these incredible themes that Stern is giving me, these incredible themes Jersey Jack is giving me, these incredible themes that are out there in the pinball world that I want to wake up and I want to buy Legends of Valhalla. There's nothing you can do. There is nothing you can do from a marketing standpoint to solve this problem. There is no way this game is going to sell. There's just no way it's going to sell very well. And I really hope they cap it at like 500 units because it won't sell more than that. There is no way they're going to sell more than 500 Legends of Valhalla. They're going to struggle to even sell that many because the moment you play Godzilla, you are never going to want to buy Legends of Valhalla. Let me say that again. The moment you play Godzilla Pro, you are also going to see Legends of Valhalla. There is nothing that you could experience in Legends of Valhalla that will be anywhere near as everything that's in that Godzilla Pro. So if I'm American Pinball and Mukesh wants to turn this company around and invest a few million dollars in steering the ship in the right direction, how did they sit in a room and decide that the thing we're going to do is bring Legends of Valhalla to market. The moment that decision was made, the moment they decided to do that, you are basically saying, we are not gonna be interested in sales. We are not gonna be successful because you can't make that work. You just can't make it work and we're gonna witness that. And when I interviewed David and it was a good interview, he brought up the dialed in launch as a successful launch. But I think David missed the forest for the trees. That was not a successful launch. People were in that room stunned silently when they saw that theme. It was not good. And also, look at today. Look at today. Look at where used game prices are going right now. People are spending $13,000 on Ghostbusters, $14,000 on Stranger Things. Look at what Dialed In LE is selling for in the hottest pinball market ever right now. Look at what Dialed In LE is selling for. 7500 bucks. you can get a Dialed In LE. And that game has 10 times more in it than Legends of Valhalla. And so you're telling me when you launch Legends of Valhalla next week that people are going to spend money on it when they could go get a used Dialed In for almost the same amount of money. But even more so, they're going to go buy Godzilla. They're going to go buy Mandalorian. They're going to go buy something that resonates with them. That's the part I just don't get. We are on the edge of glory. I meant it when I say it. The most glorious pinball machines. The moment one glorious pinball machine comes out a year, 
everything else, if it's not great or close to great, in my mind, becomes irrelevant. And you know that. Deep down inside, you know that. And I know that you want to buy multiple machines a year. I know that you want to flex how much money you make and how great your salary is and how happy your wife and kids are. And maybe your kids are out of college and you've got a big room in which you can put pinball machines. But why? Why would you ever, 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 when you could get a few great machines or the latest great machine in pinball or go buy some great machines from yesteryears, there's no room for mediocrity in pinball anymore. And these mediocre machines that we keep making excuses for, there's no room for them. They're not going to sell. You know, like six years ago, whenever there was like a new pinball machine to come to market or a new company, we all cheerleaded, right? It was like, if you love pinball and you want to see pinball expand, you have to celebrate every single new pinball venture because this is the only way we're going to expand pinball. And I want to say right now, all of that, the last five years of boutique pinball has been a joke. It's been a joke. Stern Pinball is the only pinball company expanding pinball. They are. They're the only ones that are sending games out to locations all over the world. They're the only ones giving home buyers multiple options a year. They're the only ones that figured out how to get collectors excited with LEs and SLEs. They're the only ones that have done it right. Everyone else, everyone else makes you wait forever for a game, has quality issues, doesn't address them. Because if it was all about supporting pinball, you all would own a Cosmic Carnival. You all would own a Celts. Let's talk about Haggis Pinball right now. How do you enter the pinball market with Celts? How do you seriously walk into a room and you're entering into the pinball market with a game like Celts? And how do you buy a Celts? For those of you who bought a Celts, what did you see that thousands of people didn't see? What about it made you pull the trigger? The only motivator to buy a game like Celts is to show support for a new company. And I get that. And I get there's people locally that want to show support for that, fine. But we all know deep down inside that Haggis' long-term viability isn't looking very good right now. They've had six months of delays, and I understand that Melbourne's lockdown has been tight. Like, they've been locked down for 256 days. Okay, but I didn't make them scale up. They did. They knew COVID was a thing. They knew lockdowns were a potential and they are now being dealt the worst cards possible. So how do they not lose money now moving forward, right? How are they going to make up all of this lost revenue and all of this time in which nothing's been on the line for six months? How are they going to make that up with a remake of Fathom with Marty Robbins's game? How are you going to make that up? How are they going to compete with a company like Stern that's not going to stop? How are they going to compete with Toy Story? How are they going to compete with all these other games? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. And even though the market is hot, I think in 2022, 2023, you're going to start to see companies like American Pinball really struggle. Haggis Pinball really struggle because people are just going to realize like you don't need all these options if the options aren't bringing something great to the table. And I would not start a pinball company. I would not throw my hat into the pinball ring unless I was confident we were going to make something that was as good, if not better, 
than the largest pinball company out there. That is what boutique pinball needs to aim for. If you're boutique and you're smaller, you need to have some differentiator that really speaks to people. You need to actually do something better than the mass-produced company. Like Stern is the mass-produced commodity in pinball. See, here's what happened in pinball is that all these boutique efforts, they identified the weaknesses of Stern Pinball. And instead of being able to execute, they showed Stern Pinball some of the solutions and Stern Pinball is now adopting pretty much all of them in their future titles moving forward. And so now it's game over, I think, for so many of these companies that think they're gonna take advantage of this hot market, they're not gonna take advantage of it because they don't have any product on the line. They don't have themes people want. They don't have manufacturing figured out. They don't have their quality figured out. They don't have it figured out. So even though the market is hot, it is still just stern for the most part that will capitalize on this hot market and everyone else will be left shrugging their shoulders trying to figure out what happened. How come we didn't succeed when people wanted machines so badly? Because you didn't get people what they wanted. And Godzilla came out and exposed you for what you were. You were just a mediocre game. And this is what true talent looks like. This is what a real team creates. It's not just a half-baked thing. They're not going to put something out in the world that doesn't have finished code. It's not sloppy animations. It's not play fields that are falling apart. This company is now giving people everything they want in a pinball experience. So why would I buy your machine? What are you going to do to entice me to buy your product? I love it because as consumers, the better Stern gets, that means everybody else has to get better or get out of the game. There's not going to be room for everybody else. This is good. This is what competition does. And this is how it should be in every single product category, especially a product category like this, like an unnecessary toy nobody needs. And Stern is not stopping Back to the Future, James Bond. It's going to keep going on and on and on. If anybody has Harry Potter, it's going to be Stern. And so I look so forward to the next game from John Borg. I look forward to Pat Lawler's Toy Story because if there's any company that can put more in it and hit it right, it is Jersey Jack Pinball, but they need to get their quality where it needs to be. I mean, every single meeting at Jersey Jack this past year needs to be a quality meeting, not a design meeting. Every time they bring a new designer on board, everyone's like, who cares? We don't need more designers. We need quality. And until they get the quality where it needs to be, I think Jersey Jack is going to be in for a rude awakening. The sheer amount of people they've pissed off. And it's going to be like this silent majority that basically says, I'm done. I'm done with these headaches. I'm done with them telling me to punch sand. They'll come back to you, Jersey Jack. They will, but you need to win them over. So I look forward to seeing how Jersey Jack Pinball is going to convince all of us in 2022 that they've improved their quality. And the hardest thing for them to do, because Mirko is invested in that company, 
is they can't get rid of Mirko. It's this crazy thing. It is this crazy thing. Sometimes the team has to trade the player that's creating all the issues. Sometimes they have to fire the coach that's creating a public relations nightmare, right? You have to fire them. Mirko is a PR nightmare for JJP, and I don't know how they convince people to stick with them if they stick with Mirko. Oh, wow. This is like an animated club episode. I also can't wait to get to Pinball Expo next week. If you're going to be there, hit me up. Let's hang out. It's going to be fun. None of this is really that serious. None of this matters so much. I'm just so excited about Godzilla because this game is going to change things. This game is going to make so many people happy. It's going to expose so many games for being mediocre, and it's going to raise the bar over at Stern. This is where it gets exciting because John Borg is going to want to design a game that tops this. Keith Elwin's next game is going to try to top this. Anyone who's making games over at Stern, this is the new bar. I want to design a game better than Godzilla. That's how companies need to be constantly improving on their own designs. And I look forward to that. And Legends of Valhalla AP is not improving upon Oktoberfest and Houdini as a theme. You know this, David. You know this, guys. You need to hit pause and say, what are we doing here? An original IP game from Dennis after this? How are we going to compete if an original game from Dennis comes out against Back to the Future? I shouldn't have to tell them this. They know this. Stern is headed for the future. They really are. I really think everyone else is stuck in the past. I really do. I think, you know, when you look at the decisions that AP is making, they're stuck in the mid-90s. These are guys that pride themselves on being a part of the amusement industry in the 90s. The world has changed. Nobody in 2021 would tell you to come out with an original theme. It didn't work. Dennis Norman wants to make original IP games. That mentality, Dennis, you're stuck in the 90s. It's not going to work. If your Elvira game with Stern was not Elvira, but was just some haunted house game, nobody cares. Nobody buys it. It's Elvira that made that game sell, Dennis. You know this. Original IP pinball is never going to work. It can never work. The only way it can work, there's only one way an original IP game will sell. It needs to be super limited and it needs to blow you away. It needs to be a work of art on a level like you've never seen before. Magic Girl, if you made just a hundred working Magic Girls, that would work. It doesn't become financially smart to do that unless each one is 30 grand and there's only 100 and it's a collector's item. You could do that, but nobody has figured that out and nobody has done that successfully. Robert Mueller thought he was going to sell 3,000 Razas. He opens up the order banks and he gets 122 sold. Case in point, case in point, he was off by a margin of tenfold. He thought he was going to sell 1,200 to 2,000. He sold 122. This has been a lack of sleep, two cups of coffee, Canada Club edition. It's been very spirited. It's been a lot of fun. I'm not even sure I had a point on this club episode, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope there was some stuff that made you say, yes, Canada, you're right. I hope there was some stuff that said, Canada, you're wrong. Everybody, thank you so much for the support. I'm always excited to do these club episodes. You guys mean the world to me. And we'll talk soon. And we'll hang at Expo if I see you there later. Ah!